Good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome to Essex Church, where this community of Kensington Unitarians has its spiritual home. As Unitarians, we gather to celebrate life, to explore life's meaning and purpose, and to make and remake connection. Connection with ourselves, connection with one another, and connection with that which we hold to be of ultimate worth. So let's take a moment now to calm and centre ourselves, to recognise that we are here today at this moment, in this place together. We have arrived here on this gentle day of autumn sunshine with our own concerns, our own particular version of the human life story. Here, perhaps, may the burdened find their load lightened. May the weary find rest. May the troubled know peace once more. And may our spirits be inspired and uplifted. And may the divine light that shines throughout our universe shine now upon us and upon this place and this people. And may our worship here this morning be illuminated by all that is great and good. And I'm lighting our chalice, this symbol of our worldwide liberal religious community of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists. And I'm lighting it in the hope that ours might be a house of light a beacon shining out to all those who seek, a welcome to all those who feel a need, perhaps, to put down some roots, to assert their belonging in community, a community of light and love open to all. As I call on the spirit of life and love that shines, I believe, within each of us, and ask that light to be with us now, that insight and clarity might shine through us this day, brightening our spirits and all those around us. We pray that we may not feel sure who or what we are praying to. Some speak of God or the great mystery, of Lord or Goddess or the divine. Some of us cannot put a name to something so vast and unknowable. Let us not be put off by this inability to name the nameless. No, let us be able in quiet moments such as this to allow ourselves a time of reflection and to allow ourselves the chance to relate with something that greater than ourselves. To relate with something that encourages us to be the best that we can possibly be and to make the most of this gift of life that we've been given. And in this time of reflection, I invite you to to think of something that you wish had been different in these last few days or so in your life. You might be aware of how you might have done or said more or less. Let us breathe in 
both acceptance and understanding. And I invite each of us in our own heart to think of an issue in the life of the world that we wish could be different. And let's breathe out the love and caring compassion that we feel for others. And in a short time of shared silence, let us send our own thoughts and prayers to all those in pain and confusion. that our loving attention might also become a guiding or helping hand in a time of need. And may this be so for the greater good of all concerned. Amen. A short poem uh, now called Salvation by uh, Lynn Ungar the second verse of which is actually on your um, hymn sheet because I just thought the words were lovely and, and because, like so much poetry, there's a lot in a short space. By what are you saved and how? Saved like a bit of string tucked away in a drawer? Saved like a child rushed from a burning building already singed and coughing smoke? Or are you salvaged like a car part, the one good door when the rest is wrecked? Do you believe me when I say you are neither salvaged nor saved, but salved, anointed by gentle hands where you are most tender? Haven't you seen the way snow curls down like a fresh sheet? How it covers everything, makes everything beautiful, without exception. A poem by Lynn Unger. And that leads us into our our next hymn now. It's on our uh, sheet Inside, it's Amazing Grace. You will uh, know the tune, I think. And it, we chose this version in particular because it does an interesting thing. At a certain point, where the traditional words speak of saving a wretch like me, you get a little asterisk, and then you can choose to say soul instead of wretch. So you can choose how you feel about yourself this very day. So let's uh, stand as we feel able or as we wish to sing Amazing Grace together. So last Sunday, when we were all singing Amazing Grace, 
And we got to that bizarre moment in the first verse where our Unitarian Universalist hymn book slaps down an asterisk and a choice. What did you do? Which did you choose to sing? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me? Or that saved a soul like me? It probably depends on how you were feeling that day, how particularly wretched or soulful. I know of no other hymnal in print that virtually stops the singing in mid-measure to poll the congregation, to call for a theological debate within the mind and heart of every singer. And right there, quickly, because the pianist pianist, isn't going to wait for you. You have to stake your claim, make your mark, testify, all the while wondering if the person singing next to you will take offence if you confess at the top of your voice your own wretchedness or even our common condition as a fallen, faulty species. Or will your neighbour be annoyed or maybe shocked if you stand there warbling about what a pleasant soul you are, what a nice, well-rounded, fully individuated, sin-free, guilt-free, humanist soul you are. There you stand, frozen in time, and the music plays on while you hastily cobble a theology. We sing our song in different keys and tunes. We are on our own to make a faith out of nothing, which is to say, out of everything we have. That is daunting, lonely work, demanding and relentless work, the work of a lifetime, And I suspect it is the very scope of it that keeps our tiny movement small. Not everyone wants to stop singing in the middle of a song to consider once again, and all alone, the nature of the human soul and God, infinity without and infinity within. It's a lot to ask of people, especially on a Sunday morning. That which saves us. In our time of meditation, we're going to be considering that which saves us. And there are so many ways to consider the idea of being saved. So in this short spoken meditation, I'll invite you to think of people and life circumstances and sources of inspiration that have helped you to come back to yourself in times when you felt yourself to be lost, perhaps. In those tough times when maybe the path was no longer clear or maybe at a time when you realised you'd taken a wrong turning. And so as we enter this quiet time together, you might want to put down anything that you don't want to have in your lap. You might perhaps focus on these candles or soften your gaze or close your eyes, whatever feels right for you. 
and knowing that you can choose to follow my words or think your own thoughts in this quiet time, when a short spoken meditation will lead into a few minutes of shared silence, and that will be brought to an end with a chime from our Tibetan bowl. And so let us follow the gentle rhythm of our breathing. Aware of our feet on the floor and the presence of us all in this room together. Yet turning our attention inwards for this short while. As I invite you to think of people and life circumstances and sources of inspiration that have helped you to come back to yourself have helped you to regain a sense of wholeness in times when you felt fragmented. Ways that you've found the path again once more in life. Let's meditate in silence now upon that which saves us. Join me now, if you wish, in saying aloud um, a version of the Lord's Prayer that um, Mike wrote for communion recently. I was really struck by uh, the beauty of these words. Uh, so join if you wish. It's, it's on the inside page of the hymn sheet. Dear source of love and life, we address you through our hearts. And through our hearts, we listen to your voice. Please guide us when we are blindfolded by fear, so that we choose to rely on you rather than silence the fear by controlling our neighbours. Please show us love when words of shame echo in our heads, so that we choose the way of everlasting forgiveness rather than to judge and be judged. Please fill our hearts with tolerance so that we choose divine acceptance rather than dwelling on perfection. Please talk loudly to all of us, for only when we choose to listen will the blades of fear turn into plowshares of love. Amen. Thank you. Salvation.
is not a word much used in Unitarian circles today. The idea that people are born sinful and need to be saved from themselves has never been part of our liberal tradition. Way back in Victorian times, Unitarian congregations were popular with the well-to-do people of their time. Some congregations, it is said, even had uniformed ushers to guide people to their pews. And the story goes that in in one such congregation over in Boston, after a particularly rousing sermon, one of the congregation members shouted an enthusiastic, Hallelujah! And an usher rushed at once to the woman's side and anxiously asked her if she was feeling all right. (laughs) Oh, oh yes, she replied, I've been saved by the Lord. Oh dear, madam, replied the usher, we'd rather you weren't saved here in church. (laughs) Traditionally, Unitarians have not liked the world's salvation because it's linked, as you know, I expect, to the doctrine of original sin and because in traditional Christian theology, only through Jesus' death on the cross and our following of Christian doctrines can we be saved. If you're saved, you go to heaven. If you're not saved, you go to hell. Now, there's a lot to explore in all of that. And today, I'm only going to consider a few aspects of this thing called salvation. But I hope at the end of this service, you might have found new ways that you want to use this word and some ways to consider its meaning in your own life. In the United States, the Unitarians joined together with the, Unitarian, with the Universalists in the 1960s to form the Unitarian Universalist Association. And the Universalists brought with them the message of their founder, John Murray. Now, John Murray reacted strongly against the Calvinist teachings of his day, particularly Calvin's teachings on predestination, the strange idea that God had already chosen those who would enjoy eternal life and those who would be damned for all eternity. John Murray's God was a God of love, and his message was one of eternal salvation for all. Listen to these words of love that he spoke to his followers, encouraging them out into the world to help others. You may possess only a small light, but uncover it, let it shine. Use it in order to bring more light and understanding to the hearts and minds of men and women. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Do not push them deeper into their theological despair, but preach the kindness and everlasting love of God. Lovely words from uh, John Murray. And I think we now have a chance to reclaim some of this religious language and find meanings that inspire us now to live life well now. As Unitarians, we assert the worth and dignity of each and every person. We value life and we find the sacred all around us and within us. And we're also often painfully aware of our own individual failings and of the terrible human failings in how we live as a a world community. There's always work to be done. This kind of salvation is an ongoing process, a journey rather than a destination. This kind of salvation shows up in all sorts of ways. And I'd like to hear later what kinds of of being saved you thought of in our meditation earlier on. I I thought of people who'd been there for me at times when I felt very, very low, very bruised by life. 
the kind of people that would hold out a hand and pull me back to myself almost, back to life. People who reminded me that better times would hopefully be around the corner. People who reminded me that I was actually strong enough to deal with all that life was throwing my way. And those people who gave me practical down-to-earth assistance that made a real difference. I sincerely hope that all of us know what it's like to be saved by the love and support of others. You might also have felt saved by a community, a community that allowed you to be fully yourself, that allowed you to work on your own healing. Or maybe you felt saved by work or a particular cause that inspires you, or a new idea or way of thinking about things. Salvation comes in many forms. And if you have a look at your hymn sheet on the front, there is a box, and I do encourage you to have a think of what or who has saved you and how over the years. It'll be interesting to hear from you later. So so for me, salvation is an ongoing process of supporting one another and supporting ourselves to lead lives of deeper meaning and purpose. The nature of this salvation needs to be adapted to the situations in which we find ourselves. And here, in the second decade of the 21st century, what are the issues we're facing? I think one issue is that existential sense of emptiness and despair, that that questioning of how best to live, knowing that we live finite and very imperfect lives. I think another issue that we're dealing with now is a a terrible anxiety about our, our world, about our global community. How shall we live on a crowded and a very divided planet? And how shall we live with the knowledge of the effects of our ways of living on the planet herself? I think we need salvation from the effects of 24 hours a day news coverage that leaves us with a terrible anxiety about the state of our world, but with a seeming inability to do much about it. And I know I've gone on about this a lot, but I think we need saving from the emptiness of capitalism, of an economic system that promises joy if only we can afford to buy the next product or find a a shopping centre that will have just what we need. Don't all of us know both that yearning for that certain something, but also that slightly empty feeling when the promise leaves us and we yearn for the next thing? I think perhaps we could be seeking as well salvation from our own obsessions with both the past and the future. The idea that if we could only sort out something that happened back then, or if we could only attain some state out there in the future, then all would be well. Eckhart Tolle writes in his book, The Power of Now, that salvation lies here in the now of this moment. I'm quoting here. True salvation, he writes, is a state of freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from suffering, from a perceived state of lack and insufficiency, and therefore from all wanting, needing, grasping and clinging. 
It is a freedom from compulsive thinking, from negativity, and above all, from past and future as a psychological need. Toller's teachings emphasise the idea that there is nowhere to get to because we are already here now in the present moment, and this moment is the only moment that there is. Now, our minds will tell us otherwise, and again I quote, Our minds tell us that something needs to happen or you need to become this or that before you can become free or fulfilled. That you need time. That you need to find, sort out, do, achieve, acquire, become or understand something before you can be complete. End of quote. Now this is the salvation of the mystics who recognise that all this is illusion. That now is the only time there is and that the greatest salvation lies in a simple adjustment of our thinking and an acceptance of all that is. There is the place of healing. And once all that is acknowledged, well, then we can get right back to the task of being human, of rolling up our sleeves and making a difference here on earth. Because when all is said and done, this world and this life is all that we can know. And we're all in this together. And salvation, well, it's part of the journey we're on. Amen. You may possess only a small light, but uncover it, let it shine. Use it in order to bring more light and understanding to the hearts and minds of men and women. Give them not hell, but hope and courage. Do not push them deeper into theological despair, but preach the kindness and everlasting love of God. And so, in the week ahead, let us take our light out into the world, walking always in the light of love, wherever our path takes us next. Amen. Go well and blessed be.